Welcome back to Worst Seats in the House. Michael Russo, Anthony LaPanta, come to you from Tempe, Arizona. First trip here for you, Anthony. I was actually here in December to watch the Arizona Coyotes play the Buffalo Sabres and the and the Montreal Canadiens. What was your first impression of the arena uh, from the from the practice yesterday? I love the broadcast position. Yeah, it's the best in the league. It's terrific. We'll we'll get a chance to see that tonight. I had seen some pictures of it, and other broadcasters had been talking about how much they liked it. it has a little bit of a throwback feel for me back to the days of covering high school or college games in arenas like Aldrich Arena. And we just had a great high school game last week at the Plymouth Ice Center in Wyzetta. So it's, it has a little bit of those kind of feels, except just slightly better, where it's about the same height, but uh, more properly placed perch. So I'm, I'm excited to call the game from there. It's always weird when you come to even we experience it sometimes even when you just switch hotels and you're in a different neighborhood in some of these cities. But it was so strange walking the streets down here around the hotel and having absolutely no idea what's nearby, restaurants, wine bars, coffee shops, grocery stores, you name it. You're just kind of flying blind. Where in other cities where you've stayed in the same hotel, you have exactly an idea of here's where I go to Starbucks, here's where I go to print, here's where I stop to grab lunch, all those kind of things. So it's it, a very different feel to be right in the basically the middle of the Arizona State campus for everything we do here. Yeah, um, I, I actually love this area. I know that you were not a fan of going out to the Glendale area. I hated Glendale. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to be a little more, uh, more uh, you know, tactful, but yeah, like, you were not a fan of Glendale. No, I, I loved being close to the rink. Yeah. So as we've talked a lot, I think, over the years about what makes a great city to visit, for me, one of, I don't know where it would rank, but one of the, let's say, top 10 criteria for me is proximity to the rink because I want to be able to walk if possible. And here we can walk. It's a, about a 15-minute walk, but we will walk it. And any time that you can walk to the rink, it's just a, such a huge chunk out of your day that you don't have to commit to bus rides, to morning skate, and or to practice, whatever the case may be. That was the one thing that was great about Glendale, is we were about 100 yards from yeah. door to door. Jump out of your hotel. Right. And, and it had a good gym, and it had a good pool area. So those things were all reasons why and the weather was was always good but i hated the area yeah we'll enjoy our walk this morning it's actually uh, refreshing out i just came back from a walk um january uh, february 16th is our next live show at split rocks we're going to be doing three this month uh, we'll give you the other dates uh, right after that but february 16th at split rocks is 7 p.m then we're going to go to tuttles and then back to split rocks but again february 16th 7 p.m. at Split Rocks. Uh, please come on out. Thanks to our sponsors. We have a new sponsor uh, today. He's actually back with the show, uh, Twill and the Adina Galleria. Scott Dayton. We'll be talking about them, uh, about Twill and his awesome store in a little bit. Um, but let's talk about the All-Star Weekend, uh, Anthony. I don't know how much you had a chance to watch. I was there for the weekend. Um, you know, as, as always, the league uh, gave us great access to the players, which to me is my favorite part of going to the, uh, the weekend is you get to talk to guys like that get it. You know, the Sidney Crosby's and and um, and Alex Ovechkin was awesome to deal with and, and a bunch of those stars. The, then you have the guys like Jason Robertson and Dylan Larkin that are there and just excited to be there. It was Jason's first trip there. I'm going to be doing a real cool story for Wednesday on his behind the scenes. Hopefully ever, everybody will read that. 
And then you get a different appreciation of some of the stars that you really never talked to, like Josh Morrissey and Connor Hellebuck. And there were just so many fun people, Brock Nelson, so many fun people to talk to that, you know, I don't talk to a lot. And, and that made it well. Then the events happened and the skills competition was pretty tough to watch. I found it unwatchable <laughs> and I watched a little bit of it. I used to, I used to think the NHL all-star skills competition was one of the better ones. And the baseball's home run derby is is legit because it's a legit skills. And I get it. They're using juiced up balls and they're, they do everything they can to increase the number of home runs hit. But the bottom line is it's still a guy standing in the batter's box hitting balls into the mm -hmm. seats. And there's, there isn't a, they, they don't poke fun at it. I thought the skills competition this year for the NHL was, it was the worst I've seen in all of them. It, their fastest skater, hardest shot, those things used to be intriguing to watch, and they still were a little bit in this case. But the shootout skits things that they were doing, I, I, I didn't, I couldn't keep watching it. It was, it was almost painful where it was, uh, and then you have judges giving them points, and they're bringing Roberto Luongo out with a swimming noodle, and and oh, hey, I'm going to need a lifeguard for this, and it, it just was. If you're going to do this kind of stuff then make it legit. Have it be a shootout contest where mm -hmm. it's shooters trying to score on goalies like you do at the end of a practice. Yeah. Nobody's going to get hurt. Just when you have a the competitive nature of NHL players is such that if you go watch the wild practice and they have a shootout drill at the end of practice, they freaking compete. Yeah. Well, why can't you do that at an all-star competition? Why can't you have UC Soros trying to stop Every player in the league on a – and I'm just throwing him out because he was one of the all-star goalies. Have him try and stop Kirill Kaprizov on a breakaway mm -hmm. and have it be a competition. Yeah. And people would watch it. And the same with the games. I, it's three-on-three -three hockey. It's not – there aren't a lot of hits. There's not a lot of block shots. You could play that almost to the same way you'd play in overtime in a regular season game without risk of injury for these guys. And – I always thought, and apparently I was wrong, that I thought, hey, if you threw a million bucks at the winning team, said each guy's going to get a hundred grand if you win, that guys would compete more than they do. I don't know if there's a dollar number that would make them do that, but it's a game that could be really fun to watch more so than any of the all -star, other all-star games because yeah. football, you can't do it. It's just not the same game. NBA basketball, you, you really, you can't do it much, but hockey, you could, you could have a three on, and I'll go back to again, what I say about practice. If they did a three on three drill at the wild practice tomorrow, those guys would try to win. Mm -hmm. And it isn't like they're riding each other into the boards or killing each other or diving in front of shots to block them in practice, but yet they still play to win. And there were some brief moments during the games this year where you could see both teams ramped it up a little bit. Yeah. And all of a sudden it was like, well, now that was that yeah, five-minute stretch. The second game against the Metro and Atlantic was actually really entertaining. Yeah, so and the fans were into it, and the Kachucks were into it, and Larkin and those guys. And I watched about five yeah. minutes of that, and mm -hmm. I, I – Turned to Margo, I said, this is what this could be. Yeah. And I really think, and this is a, this is coming from a, a perspective of a guy that really doesn't have any inside understanding of how it works. But I really believe if you just went to guys and said, look, if you don't want to go there and compete, mm -hmm. just raise your hand and we'll pick somebody else. Right. Because you could find nine stars from each division that did want to go there, that would be honored by going there, that would want to at least 
would at least want to play. Because I believe if, if you threw golf clubs in these guys' hands and put them on a golf course and said, we're going to have a golf tournament among NHL hockey, people would watch yeah. because the guys would try to win. And if you had any way you could get a three-on-three hockey game where the players on both sides were trying to win, you would have you'd have viewership, you'd have fans in the building into it, and I really think you'd have players that wouldn't they compete? This is what they do for a living. Yeah, um, it, it's it is it's tough because I will say these guys don't want to get hurt. I know you say you can't get hurt. You, you know, you could pull something in a three-on-three. Three. You could go into the boards. You could stumble, especially on soft ice. You could. But I, I covered the- in that arena, I covered a skills competition where Trevor Kidd lost his entire season because of a shoulder injury right. and a shootout And, I'm, and I, I don't doubt it could happen, mm-hmm. but just it's minimal. A, a guy could sprain his wrist playing golf right. during the All-Star break, too. So, And it's happened. Golfers get hurt. Or in the case of Nino Niederreiter, he get eaten by a shark. Did you well, see Nino's uh, Instagrams? I didn't, but let's, <laughs> well, let's go to that in one second. I'm just saying, when was, think back to, and I, I this is just off the top of my head, when was the last time you saw an injury occur in the NHL during overtime? Um... Yeah, I mean, I, off I, the top of my head, I can't. I, think I of can't it. remember. I and I, I'm sure it's happened. And I'm not trying to diminish the risk of there. For sure, are chances that a guy could get hurt. There always are, and but there's a chance a guy could get hurt at practice tomorrow. Yeah. If you said, hey, we're going to do battle drills tomorrow, no, well, no doubt somebody could get hurt there too. So I don't think you can. I think by playing three on three, you've done just about everything you can to minimize injuries. Guys are not. They're, you don't hit each other three on three. You just can't. Mm-hmm. And there's tie-ups and there's puck battles, but you could do it if you made it to a – if you put these guys out on a pond in Minnesota tomorrow, threw the wild guys out there and said, hey, it's an off day, we're going to have a three on three pond hockey tournament. Do you think the guys would compete against yeah, each other? Yeah, they would because they have uh, little side bets and Exactly. Like that. So I just um, don't know why the NHL yeah. can't get to that in the All-Star yeah. game. I mean, right? but a lot of it is on the players themselves. Like some of them look like they didn't want to be there. I and, understand. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying maybe but, you put yeah. it in the spot where you say if you just don't want to be considered and now don't make it where you get named and then pull yeah. yourself out. Know it in advance right. and say, I just think okay, that if you these do six that, players, you are going to have a lot of players that say they don't want to come. And, then and, that's, and but the but look, these sponsors pay a shitload of money. Yep. Um, they 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 do. So now, if I'm the sponsor, right. I'd rather have nine guys that yeah. we're going to at least but, go you know, and play but they hard. They want Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin. I and they it. want the top stars. They would like a crook Kaprizov that tries. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, you are spe- selling these. Would tickets. you rather have Kirill Kaprizov that is going to coast through it, or have Jared Spurgeon out there playing as hard yeah. as he can play? But trust me, Jared would probably want to go to. Cabo he might too. too, but I'm just I'm I'm using it as an yeah. example. Like, there's a pretty damn good player on every team that would yeah. say, I would love to go there. Yeah. And maybe you do something where you tell guys, we won't pick you three years in a row. Yeah. So, yes, we're, every time you have an all-star game, they're going to want Sidney Crosby. They're going to want Connor McDavid. But you say, all right, they can only be selected twice every three years. Mm-hmm. And once every three years, we're going to say, and I don't think fans would question that. They'd say, all right, I could see where once every three years a guy wants to go to the beach for a week in the middle of the season and relax, recover, recuperate. Go ahead. Nobody would begrudge him for that. But then the two times you come, maybe play. Yeah. Um, the uh, By the way, we have an 11 a.m. skate, so we're going to have to motor through this here. Um, 
I, I don't disagree. I, I just think that, uh, you know, look, as I was talking to one player in the wild locker room about this yesterday, there's really no monetary amount that any of these stars need that would get them pumped up. Um, you know, I know they I, don't need it, yeah. but so then, which, and this, I'm not trying to be anti-player here. I really am not. I I believe those guys, these guys, they work their tails off and, and we're talking about the one percent of the one percent of the one percent who are never going to worry about anything for mm-hmm. life. But if you say there's no monetary value that makes it worth it, well, then let's throw that back the next time there's a contract negotiation where a guy's holding well, no, out uh, for an extra quarter million yeah. dollars a year and say, all right, if it really doesn't matter, then well, that's how I feel. Like, like, like to me, um, I don't give a crap if you are upset that you're there because all your friends are somewhere else. Like you, you want to be paid like a star man up buttercup. Like this is your job. This is, this is, you know, there are a lot of stars that go there every single year and they seem to get it. You think Sidney Crosby wants to not go on his all-star break with his right. fan, you know? Like, and let's also remember that in this particular case, the game was in fricking Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. It isn't and like these you guys, were going yeah. to, it's well, not like that, you that were was my, going to Winnipeg. Like, like, let me also tell like wild fans, like wild fans that were saying, well, um, Kirill Kaprizov wants to be in Cabo with his friends. Kirill Kaprizov was going to Florida for the All-Star, for the bye week anyway. He was never going to Cabo. He, he has, he has friends and family down there. He, uh, his girlfriend was down there. Zuccarello and Kulka, like, like he was going there. So this wasn't because he, and he did have his bye week before, before the All-Star break. So, you know, I think we're all reading his body language like, oh, we're just assuming, well, he got to see on social media that all his friends were in Cabo. You know, he still had a pretty decent vacation down there. So um, that's the one thing. By the way, to give everybody sort of an explanation of what went down with the skills competition, so I've, I've done a lot of homework on this in the last couple of days and reporting. Um, about a week ago, Bill Guerin called the league and basically said that he asked them that, he, you know, Kirill has a sore something in his upper body. I don't want to say what it is. Um, and just not to be in the shooting uh, drills. So the lead put him in the fastest skater. Well, Kirill doesn't want to be in the fastest skater. He told me point blank when I asked him afterwards, he said that I'm not a fast skater. So, you know, whatever. He didn't want to be in that. So he was going to be in it. Fiala pulled out of the fastest skater as well because of uh, an injury that he was having. On the bus on the way, apparently, um, the two of them talked and they both decided they were going to be in it. Well, at that point, the league basically had five spots that they were putting guys in. Remember, Fiala was not in the initial one. Then Fiala was going to go and replace Kaprizov. Then they decided that Fiala and, Kaprizov, Fiala and Kaprizov together on the bus decided they were going to both be in it. Well, by the time they got there, there was only five spots. And the league said, well, Carol, you didn't want to be in the first place. We'll just keep Fiala in it. So that's what how that all happened there. Um, then at that point, I think they would, they were trying to get Kaprizov to do something else and it just didn't transpire. And however happened that happened, it didn't, but he didn't participate in anything except the one that, that really everybody did. And that was that Tendi tandem. So that's all that ha- happened there. Um, just to give a little explanation of, of why, um, that, all, why he essentially was the only athlete that wasn't an individual event. Um, what else do you want to talk about? Let's talk about the team here. We're in the second half. Um, it was interesting to start a practice yesterday. So the, basically the way the CBA works um, after the break, after the All-Star break, is that you can't practice until 2 p.m. Well, if the Wild practiced 2 p.m. at home, they would have round up in, in Arizona yesterday at 7 p.m. So what the Wild uh, did was they got permission from the league to fly here, and as long as they didn't practice before 2, that was okay. So they flew at 10-something, you were on the plane, 
got here around noon something, went to the arena, had their pre-scouts, played Super Bowl outside in the sun. They loved it. And then they went on the ice at 2.30. And Dean Evison started practice by basically sh- giving everybody sort of a tour of the arena. You know, get it out of your system right now. You know, think back to your roots, junior hockey, college, things like that. And don't take this like it's not an NHL game because this team, the Arizona Coyotes, have a winning record at home. And so he basically wanted them to get a feel of an arena that's very bizarre because it's small. And even though it's an NHL-sized 200 by 80, the reality is is that it just – and I covered two games here in December – when you're, it's your first time in this arena and the fans are just right on top of you and the, the scoreboard is really, really close above your head, it just has this compact feel where the neutral zone feels smaller, the rink feels smaller, it feels like guys are on top of you quicker. And so I think that that was what he was trying to do was to get that out of their system so they weren't sort of awestruck today and now their hope is to have a big win tonight. Yeah, all those things are... Anytime you go to a spot like that, I mean, remember when Vegas came in the league, there were all the different ways to approach going to Vegas because it was different. It was, having been there, totally different kind of challenges than what you're facing here. But I think that there is a little bit to it in this case just because it's so different from any other arena in the league. You can't shut off where you are. You can't, you can't forget. But it's, I, I think once the game starts, you just have to start playing and remember that this is a Coyotes team that, well, they've been playing a little bit better. It's still the Coyotes. And if you show up and play the way you're capable of playing and play your game, not get caught up in a point night type of approach to a game, you'll win this game. They're still the Coyotes. And yes, they have an NHL 500, oh, better than 500 record at home. I think they've lost as many as they've won here. I think they've won 10 and lost 10, but it, a couple were in overtime. And so, yeah, d- take care of business in this game because there's a really difficult stretch of the schedule coming up. 100%. Tell us about Twill. Well, we're excited to have them back as a sponsor for the show. I know they were a, a sponsor of the program way back in the original days, but I had a chance to go down there and, and meet with Scott Dayton and take a look at the place down in the Galleria. It's terrific. And it actually was a coincidence. As you know, every time we go to Florida, there's a big factory mall at uh, out in sunrise Sawgrass with the, the sawgrass outlet centers and i go to a couple of my favorite men's shops there every year and and pick up ties and suits well louis nanny was on the trip and started talking about ties and suits and i said well where do you go for your suits in the twin cities he said well the best place in town is twill at the galleria and i go see scott dayton out there i said well coincidentally i'm going to meet with him next week and we're going to talk about him coming back to sponsor the podcast. So if Louie endorses it, I'm good with it. And I went down and did take a look at their store. It's a great spot. And it's not just suits and ties. They've also got golf merchandise, golf apparel. So if you're getting ready for a spring golf trip, they're a good place to go. I'm really anxious to go down there and, and spend some more time shopping there and digging around to, to see exactly what they've got. But it's a, it's a terrific spot down in the Galleria and the t- tremendous customer service. Great spot to go. I'm going to head in there sometime here in the very near future. I got to replace a black suit, so it's. I'm going to take Louis's advice. I'm going to take Scott Dayton's advice and check it out at Twill at the Galleria. 
Yep, it's right by the Pittsburgh Blue there in the Starbucks, too. So uh, you'll love uh, Twill in the Edina Galleria. And the holiday season is over, but the winter season is still here. Everybody in the Twin Cities and sub-zero temps the last couple of weeks know that. Well, if you find that your furnace is struggling to keep up with the, old, uh, with the cold temps, Aquarius Home Services is offering $98 off any furnace repair. Trust my friends over to Aquarius Home Services. They're professional heating and uh, cooling technicians are experts at troubleshooting and repairing any type of furnace-related issue. Aquarius Services all makes and models, and their technicians will go above and beyond to ensure 100% satisfaction. I've been um, definitely feeling that the times that they come out to my place. Be worry-free for your, and schedule uh, for your furnace repair with Aquarius today. Aquarius believes in earning the right to be recommended. That's why I recommend them all the time on this podcast. They're just a click away at AquariusHomeServices.com, and don't forget to mention that Russo sent you. And here's a word from Chris Lindahl Real Estate. And if you want to get your dream home, sell your home stress-free with a guaranteed offer from Chris Lindahl Real Estate. There are no showings, no decluttering, no repairs, and no stress. It's the easy way to sell your home. They keep you in control so you can sell your home fast. You can pick your closing date and move when it's convenient for you. To find out what your guaranteed offer cash would be, there's no obligation. Just go to chrislindahl.com or call 763-401-SOLD. Again, that's chrislindahl.com or uh, call 673-401-SOLD. You can close with confidence and start packing, and terms and conditions apply. Back here, worst seats in the house, Michael Russo, Anthony LaPanta. We're going to breeze through the last 20 or so minutes of the show just because we have uh, the skate is 30 minutes earlier today just because the Arizona Coyotes are practicing out at their ice den. February 16th at Split Rocks is our next live show at 7 p.m. Um, Anthony and... Uh, we, had a, we had a big night last night, though, we should probably share with people because it was a... It was a monumental occurrence in that for the first time, I now have a blocked person on social media, and it, you and I were sitting at a wine bar, and I get a text from home with Margot worried about the fact that there's some guy who has decided that he's he is appalled by the fact that I post a picture of a meal and and want, but I don't remember how many posts it was, but the bottom line is I now have blocked a person. Actually, I shouldn't say that. Michael Russo blocked a person because it bothered him as much as it bothered Margot. Well, this guy was an absolute jack wagon. I mean, the things he was saying, and this was, this was not on Twitter. This was your personal Facebook. So somehow yeah. you allowed this guy into your life to see really personal stuff, your kids, your family. And this guy, apparently, because Anthony, of course, on social media doesn't pay attention, has for months been uh, just posting really nasty stuff and mean stuff on your personal thing. And it was starting to bother not only Margot, uh, but your friends on there were going after him as well. And I started reading and getting a little nervous too, because he was saying it really inappropriate stuff. So um, actually, believe it or not, I don't think I've ever blocked anybody on Facebook, but I figured out a way. And now it's uh, beware if you're on my Facebook, because <laughs> I'll block you if you're my freaking cousin or yeah. uh, buddy or something. And the, what what's What's disappointing in all of this is that 100% of this is done to just share what life is. And it's not the, what I would have liked to have explained if the guy was a civil person, which he apparently was not, but it was also some other inappropriate stuff showing up on my timeline because it was him tagging me in this post. And I was like, That's but the, what was scary is that he actually called you, didn't he? He tried, yeah, a messenger audio call, yeah, which I didn't which even is, know was I mean, possible. to me, that's so, now taking things to the next right. step, you know? And so the, the gist of it was that he was, 
he, he didn't like the fact that I was posting a meal and there were a few things on there where he was, you know, there's this many hungry people in the world. Why don't you? And that's really none of your business, but I will just, as you know, my I favorite do. thing is why are you posting this? You're not a professional cook. Right, yeah. And so there were a couple things like that that I just, I, we've talked about this before, I believe, but the whole gist of me posting meals and food wasn't my idea. It originally stemmed from my employers at Fox doing a study on social media and coming back and saying, you know what the fans like to see is what you do when you're not at work, what you do when you're at home, What you, would you be willing to share some of this. And they were asking me because they said, you know, you are letting people into your personal life. And, and I said, I'd be happy to do that if that's what people really wanted to see. So I'm happy to share. And, and because of it, I bet I get stopped. If I get stopped on a daily basis, let's say 20 times for people to stop and say, hello, I bet just as many of them are for food and recipes as they are for the Minnesota wild. And which is saying something, that's a lot. But that's probably legit. And so that's where the whole, where this all started. It isn't because I was trying to show people, hey, here's what I made tonight. It was because people wanted to see it and share it. But then it just as a, I, I'm not a guy that I don't give things or donate things with the intent to get attention back to myself. But you know that we do do, I've donated a number of dinners where I'll go to somebody's house and cook dinner for them and raised thousands of dollars for charity events. In fact, we've got another one coming up. I think I mentioned it to you at Baltimore. It's coming up in early March where they asked me if I would come in and be a, a guest chef for a guest chef for a night and to raise some money for the Minnesota wild foundation. And so you should check it out, by the way, look it up at, on Baltimore's website. It's going to be a terrific night, a multi-course meal. And, and we, I went in and did a wine tasting with them to pair the perfect wines for each course. It had to be tough. Yeah, it was, it was tough. It was tough work. But I am going to go in there, and, and basically I'm going to be in their kitchen from about 11 in the morning on for a dinner at 6 o'clock that night. To We're going to chop, do all the chopping. We're going to – a couple of our family favorites are going to be on the menu, and you should check it out at, at baldemar.com. But those are the kind of things that if I can do that, I don't have – a bank account that allows me to just write checks to that charity. That was the other thing. He was talking about your affluent lifestyle and right. stuff. The guy has no clue. About has it. no idea. But I am. I do have some time every once in a while, so I'm happy to donate it to things like that and happy to show up at different events to try to, to give back. So it, I don't feel like it's a... Like well, um, yeah. I don't feel like I'm being selfish with I don't my think you time. Have to or justify money. anything. Right. It's your life. He was on your personal Facebook. He uh, then messenger uh, messenger audio, so he took it to a new harassing level. And uh, by the way, I'm a reporter and I know everything about you. So if you're listening to this podcast, which I don't think you're capable of even finding a podcast, uh, feel free to harass him again, and we'll take care of it. Uh, you know, uh, uh, but I, I did a little research on on that guy as well. Um, Adam Lemke asked um, something that you just brought up about uh, you know changing the, the process to the All-Star Weekend, so you guys are in tune there. Um, Holden asks, this is a good question. As a younger fan, he says he's um, 22 years old, it's tiring for me to see all the stuff about wanting the North Stars colors back because it just seems so removed from who our team is. What is your view of this sudden transition back almost 30 years down the road since they left? 
and the NHL loving retro. Well, I mean, in terms of the retro, I mean, all leagues do that type of stuff, and it's it's clear. I mean, not not to be cynical, but it's it's revenue, right? It's revenue driving. Um, in a league where players share um, in the pie with the owners 50-50, the, you know, the players have a vested interest in this as well. But in terms of your overall question, I, I do – um, I, I am with you. I, I, the Wild is a different brand than the North Stars. I think they should be a different color scheme. Now, you would be foolish when you're making a fortune and you're selling out these 6,000 or so jerseys in a minute to not try to expand on that. And the, the, the Wild are trying to at least add this. You know, other teams, like we've talked about this before in this podcast, the Blues, the Canucks, it feels like they have 25 different jerseys and the Wild have never gone that route. And I think some of these teams have walked the wild through the process of getting it approved. And I think this, this Jersey that the wild are wearing, maybe it'll be tweaked a little, I think we'll enter their rotation and maybe, Hey, who knows? And maybe the 25th anniversary season, they're going to do something special. Maybe that is in the works, but in terms of making it full time right now, I don't see it, but what's your, what's your feeling? You were around when the North stars were yeah. here. I wasn't. So I, maybe I don't have the same sentiment. Well, I think it's an interesting question because I do think it's a different brand. There's no question. And I don't really know if it's a, just because it's the connection to the old North stars, or if it truly is just because of the fact that I love that fricking color scheme. And so it, it could be either one. I love the color scheme of the green and gold. And it, so it, it's a tough question to answer. Cause I don't know if I love it because of its ties to the North stars or if it, because it's just such an electric combination but whatever it is those i like those jerseys better than any home jersey the wild have worn throughout their time i like their road whites in the i love their road in whites. the in the color scheme that yeah. they have now. i wish these green and yellow jerseys were more like the north stars where it had the black like lining of on the numbers these just seem so bright to me like so subway yeah see i like them more without the black lining yeah. because i like when the stars that was the Norm Green edition when the stars all of a sudden wanted to take North Stars away, just be known as the stars. And it was that that wasn't the old Minnesota color scheme when he went to black and all that kind of stuff. I like the old green and gold. I love that combo. And I don't know that it really matters if you if it's connected to an old franchise or not. The one thing I will say is I'm a traditionalist when it comes to jerseys. So I love the fact that there are some teams that have never really gone down that road and where this in, in every sport. Mm -hmm. I love the fact that there are some teams that have basically had the same jerseys forever. And they have a few tweaks here and there for the Thursday night games or whatever. But the teams like the Packers and the Bears and the Steelers, and they've never changed. And the Vikings, for the most part, have been roughly the same throughout their time. And I love that. I like NHL teams that don't have 12 uniforms. I like when you flip on a, a highlight clip, you can tell who's playing and if they're playing at home or not just based on what their jersey mm -hmm. is. And we're getting away from that now because you now half the time the home team's wearing, not half, but you got different teams wearing different colors where it's, I, I don't even know what team that is sometimes mm -hmm. at, at a quick glance. Yeah. Um, back to the wild a little bit before we go and try to really breeze through a lot of really great questions this week, but we do have to sort of make this a quick pod. Um, you know, we got to practice yesterday and no lines changed, which I get the wild had won two in a row. Um, and flurry starting a net, which I again get he's number one goalie. I assume that we're going to see Gustafson on Thursday, but you know, it is weird that Gustafson stole the game in Washington. He had one tough outing in Florida. We haven't seen him since. Um, 
those two things in particular, one, do you think we're going to, are we getting closer to a different number one center? Because it, I mean, Steele to me is not cutting it anymore. That's dried up. He has no points in six or seven games. Um, and again, we're just not, you know, it looked to me like Gus was on, really riding a high and now he's sort of been sidelined. Well, I'd say let's start with the center. I still believe that as, as good a position as this team is in right now, the one thing that hasn't been there yet is enough scoring. Mm-hmm. They're not scoring enough. And they're in a great spot. I love the structure with which they're playing. At some point, you have to be able to score your way out of trouble, even if it's for a short, for a week or a week and a half, or maybe a, a couple nights in a playoff series. And I really feel like their first line center question that you ask has more to do with trying to get a second line going. And if you put Ryan Hartman back with that top group and they take off, and now your second line is Sam Steele, Marcus Foligno, Matt Boldy. I think they just look at it as there's a better chance that the second line becomes a more viable scoring line option with Ryan Hartman on it. Well, but Ryan's and with uh, isn't wasn't Ryan yesterday with Greenway? He was with and, Greenway and, and Act. But I'm just saying, like you're trying to create mm-hmm. it. So you got Boldy with Gaudreau and Foligno, and I think you're trying to create another line that can score. And ultimately, that was the spot. I don't, and I'm sure that. Guys would tell you, would share, like, this is where they thought Marco Rossi would be by this point in the season. Maybe not right out of the gates, but by now I think they were thinking he'd be a part of a second scoring line for Minnesota. And maybe that won't be till next year, but at some point there has to be another line that can score. And so I think that's the bigger question is if Steele continues to, to not score in that spot and and really, Kaprizov and Zuccarello heading into the break, they their their scoring had tailed off a little bit. If that's the case, I wonder if the answer isn't put Ryan Hartman back up there, but then give Marco Rossi another shot in the NHL. I, I don't know. I'm uh, yeah. I, it's, and he's on fire down there. He's playing well, and so I wonder if that maybe is the is what's next on the horizon. If this team. Yeah were to hit a little rut and have the rut continue without you know, scoring. Or an injury. I think that's the big thing. I think one reason why we haven't seen Rossi back is just the lack of injuries, which is a good thing, but the Wild are near the bottom there. Let's go um, uh, I mean, back to the and the goalie question. I mean, that's the one thing that's – I mean, look, I, Fleury I won two Fleury's, in a row. Fleury's the guy. He's the number one. And I think that if I'm Dean Evason, I haven't talked to Dean about this, I'd be looking – and I know he always says he's not uh, – we're just looking at tonight, we're just looking at tonight – I'd be looking at this second half is how many games do we want Marc-Andre Fleury to play? What's best to have him on top of his game from here to the finish? This is kind of the sprint to the finish. You always at the NHL, you're always like, okay, we got to get ourselves to Thanksgiving. Then it's get yourself to the Christmas break and and then reset. Get yourself to the All-Star break and then reset. Now there's no break left. It's a sprint from here to the finish. The Wild have positioned themselves well. They're I'm not saying that they're safe and they're in, but they've put themselves in a good spot to now be in a good position to sprint in. Now I start to, I think you start to look at how many games from here to the finish do we want Marc-Andre Fleury to play so that he is at his best when the season is winding down, when we're in that final playoff push or hopefully in a playoff series. Here's a word from Royal Credit Union. Take the checking account challenge from Royal Credit Union. Compare your checking account to Royal and see why it makes sense to switch. 
Royals checking accounts have no hidden fees and lots of free features that make it easy to stay on top of your money. You can deposit checks with the Royals mobile app, receive real-time notifications when transactions happen, and even freeze your debit card in seconds. See what other features you're missing out on and make the switch to a Royal checking account at rcu.org slash Royal Challenge, insured by NCUA. Tell us about Moe's, Anthony. Moe's is a great spot. Moe's, uh, it's inside Fogarty Arena up in Blaine. Terrific menu, and I know that they've expanded their pizza menu recently. It's a great place to watch a game. Go check it out. And I'm looking forward to during this upcoming homestand, we're going to get up there on one of the off nights in February and and check out some of the other NHL games. I got to get back onto the curling rink at home too. The Four Seasons curling rink is a great spot there too. But it's it's Moe's is a great place to to sit and watch, and you overlook the curling rink, so there's a little entertainment there. But it's especially if I'm curling. Well, that's true. Actually, that's what we should do. No, we shouldn't. Yeah, we should. I didn't bring that up. But it's a it's a terrific place to go watch games. A terrific menu they've got great sandwiches great burgers and check out their flatbread pizzas they're outstanding you won't be disappointed here's a word from Bosch Law Firm hey hockey fans Jerry Bosch here again from Bosch Law Firm and WorkCompExperts.com if you're injured at work it's never too soon to contact the lawyers and awesome staff at Bosch Law Firm we'll answer all your questions help you set up your work comp claim and help you select professionals who will be there to help you not the insurance company And with almost 30 years of litigation experience, if your benefits are denied, we'll fight to get you paid. Bosch Law Firm. The call's always free and there's never a fee unless we obtain benefits on your behalf. Call or text us at 651-333-8300 or visit us at workcompexperts.com. Back here, Worst Seats in the House, Michael Russo, Anthony LaPanta. February 16th, Split Rocks, our next live show. That is at 7 p.m. So with all your travels, did you... What was the, I know we do things a little differently. When we're traveling, I I always download some kind of show to watch while Mm -hmm. I'm working. And I know for you, it's more just like scrolling through social media while you're on the flight. Yeah, it's pretty much. uh, Like yesterday, I wrote my Chris O'Hearn feature from, I had to fly Fort Lauderdale to Atlanta to to, uh, Phoenix here. So I, I wrote the entire sense. show. Uh, I'm mostly watching YouTube. I did have fun. I went to the Bahamas before the uh, All-Star break um, and uh, got to see, I mean, Pete, uh, I shouldn't say who, but like guys like Dylan Strom and Alex DeBrinkett and um, and uh, Brandon Hagel and Braden Point, Pete DeBoer and all these, a bunch of AHL guys were at my hotel. So I got to, you know, kind of be in that element for a while. Um, did start to watch a couple shows on uh, HBO and, and things like that on TV, but not much. Not, I, I pretty so much, I had beautiful, beautiful uh, beautiful hotel room at the Atlantis. Well, I spent my all-star break painting my basement right. and which we had to get it repainted because we had a, a dinner party the night before coming to Arizona, which was great. So of course that means you got to make sure the basement's repainted before you have company. But I, I've watched a couple good shows lately and it's always interesting to me because I, when I get a show I like, I'll watch it in a span of like a week right because i'll throw it on while i'm working so we watched imposters on netflix which was really good and watch white lotus on hbo in fact the second season of white lotus they go to sicily yes so it's a great trip. little tease to go and, and right. check it out you should watch the show the show is entertaining but the second season they have the guy from the sopranos is on it oh yeah and uh, uh, oh what's his name in the sopranos I, i've drawn a blank it's oh, been a while God. since i've watched sopranos but it's but he's in the show and it's terrific but the they go to the whole show is set in sicily which was kind of cool and i actually had a couple of people christopher, from our, christopher. yeah christopher from the sopranos so the 
I had a couple people from our trip say, "Hey, did you watch White Lotus at, at Sicily, and we're gonna we're it was a great little one of our hotels. To, I don't know, but the, so there we did learn there's some people there that we'll have to watch for while we're in Sicily to yeah. make sure we stay away from them. But it was you By should way, check you it out. Come, it was, yeah, it was wanna, entertaining. If you want to come on that trip to finddestinations.com or go on July 8th, it'll be awesome. Hey, um. I saw White Lotus season one in Hawaii. That, did you see that one? Yeah. Yeah, that one was awesome. Um, yeah, so yeah. the second season's in Sicily. Okay. You and should watch it, it. Okay, I will. There's um, only, like, I think maybe one. My problem one. is I do need, like, to, like, my I, like you said with social media, I have trouble concentrating to get through an entire new show. So it's like, I like, even, like, Ozark's another one where it's like, I just couldn't get into it because I'm always just distracted by something. Yeah, like, the, I, for me, the only ones I can't watch that way are ones with subtitles. So like I watched the Narcos series, but I love to have it on while I'm working. So it's kind of in the background and Narcos was great, but then it got to where there were so many subtitles I had to, I had to wait and watch that when I could just focus on it. Where with these shows and- How many episodes in this way, Lotus? I think maybe six or eight or something. It's not, it isn't long. The one in Hawaii was good. Yeah, it's it. There's, I think there's maybe two characters that carry over into the second okay. season, and the rest are I all think new. Stifler's mom carries over. She right? does. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And her husband from the end of the first season. Oh, okay. That yeah. guy. They're both in the second season. That's cool. Yeah, but it's a it's a good show, and it's not the. Yeah, I will. It maybe isn't I'll do the it deepest get, yeah. plot line ever, right. but it's it is entertaining. Maybe I'll do it to get ready for our Sicily trip. Uh, yeah, you yeah, should. That'd be fun. Um, out, you know, the other thing you should check out in advance of that trip is. The on CNN, the Stanley Tucci Searching for Italy series. Yeah, I love that show. He has one where he goes to Sicily. Oh, okay. And it's really good. Like he goes around to all the and and a couple of the other islands there. But I love his show. We the different pre- regions yeah. of he goes to each of the twenty regions. And I've watched a bunch of them where it's it's just amazing to watch how some of the food originated, some of the wine. He visits a vineyard there that this woman has been running for 30 years that's really good but the check out the sicily episode of that too is that one that can you watch on demand like am i yeah, able to find it on demand right, cool um, and it, but it's great because he also goes into some of the background of of the struggles they've had with immigration with the mafia it's there right. there's some other little pieces to it too that are terrific all right i'll definitely watch that uh yeah i'll pre-scout our trip to sicily yeah. uh jake edson asks um uh, who says no to Sealer versus Sealer Galagoski swap Flyers Wilder Goose? Well, I don't know why the Flyers would want Galagoski. I guess unless you're going to be there, he, you're keeping him for next year um, because they're not making the playoffs. Um, Goose would probably say yes. Goose just wants to play. Um, but but right now, Bill Guerin's stance on this is that he doesn't want to move him because he feels like he's great insurance. I know Goligoski is extremely frustrated. He wants to play. Um, but he but right now... Which, and rightfully so. Yeah. Who wouldn't? And he's played well when he's played. But at the same time, like we talked on the last show, he played great in Carolina. Because of that, they left Matt Dumba in the press box, played the next night in Florida, and I didn't think he played very well. And so then they put Dumba back in. If he had played great, I think he would have played again the next night. Yeah. And so I think he's played really well when he's been in. I think mm-hmm. he's played well enough where if I was the guy making the lineup and I'm not, I think I would be rotating him in more often and probably some kind of a rotation with a few of those guys. I think all coaches are very much, they look at it and it's like, all right, you know, can you really play Spurgeon, Addison, Dumba, and Goligoski? 
And that's probably, you know, what where Dean's head right. is at with this. Exactly. Is that he doesn't, you know, whether Merrill well, plays with the size we all want, the reality is he's big. He's bigger. Yeah. But I also think Dean looks at it as these are my top six. So unless a guy plays his way out of the lineup, right. I'm not going to make a change. And I... That's the way he's always approached it, and I have a lot of respect for that. Mason Shaw is in the same boat right now where he's played well when he's been in there, but right now Dean has decided these are my top 12, and unless a guy plays his way out or gets hurt, I'm not going to rotate Mason Shaw in just for the sake of getting him in a game. And he's looking at Goligoski the same way. He's not, he isn't going to put him in just for the sake of, well, he deserves to play once every once in a while too – it's okay, but which one of the six played poorly enough that he should come out? Mm -hmm. I also think he trusts Goligoski's game enough where if somebody does play poorly, he won't hesitate to throw him in there. But it isn't going to be just for charity reasons. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I get what you're saying. I, I feel for Goligoski, but I understand Bill Guerin's uh, stance. I think that Bill Guerin at some point will probably want to do right by Goligoski because they're going to ruin his career here. And um, he's not... I don't think he's at a point where he can't play in this league. So maybe even if you keep him through the rest of the season, you say to Goose, hey, look, we'll try to move you this offseason. And that would also free up $2 bucks in cap space. So it makes all the sense in the world. Lance asks, any chance they put uh, Boldy at first-line center full-time? He leads the team in face-off percentage. Well, that's a small sample size. And the Wild have just been consistent in saying that he's not a center, that he's a wing. So we'll see if that changes. Um, Wild Boys 59 asks, still think Greenway gets traded by the deadline? I do. Um, Joy Wave Enthusiast asks, Vladislav, first off, still in the Wilds' plans. I know they loaned him now to the KHL after not seeing much ice time in Iowa, and he's recently picked up his play over there. I think they're done with him. I'd be shocked if they're not. Um, Lance asks, any chance they trade Flurry during the offseason to clear cap space? I doubt it. That's why he signed the two-year deals for that very reason, that he did not want to move around if he only was here one year. Yeah, I can't imagine them trading Flurry. Um I, the Greenway thing is interesting. I know you're convinced that it'll be pre-deadline. Yeah, I, I don't know. I still think that deal has to be the right deal. I don't think they're. I don't think it's just going to be a move to make a move kind of thing with him. And yeah, I mean, you, you know, could always do it in the off season, right? You no, know, um, if if it doesn't happen now, like to me, you don't just you know. I do think they want to clear up the cap space, but that needs to be that could be done at the draft, and you might get you know, more opportunities to train him at the draft. So um, we'll see. Jackson asked travel question. It looks like you got upgraded to an executive suite in Tampa. That's actually what this is called. Um, I know you you don't always stay at the team hotel, but who at the Wild has higher Marriott status than you? I mean, nobody does um, because you guys don't get your points, right? And you don't always stay at Marriott's. This Ooh. happens to be a Marriott property. This so one is. Why, this yeah, one, I better put in my Marriott number then. Yeah, you should. I don't. Uh, no, I. Don't, I have very low status because, and for me, it's simplicity. I could, if I wanted to, book my own hotels and then go through the expense process and all that. But I, it's so much easier to just show up with the team and and rely on those guys to. So I would say, the Wilds traveling coordinator Andrew Height probably has higher status yeah, so, than, so the, than any yeah, of us. And but he that's also asks, how does it work uh, with Wild Brass? The way it works is that uh, uh, the GM, the coach, if the owner's on the trip, and usually Whitey get a suite, everybody else gets a single room. That changed in the, in the last CBA or two CBAs ago. It used to be that you needed to have 600 NHL games to get uh, your own single room, and everybody had roommates. Now in the last uh, give back in the, in the CBA, um, everybody gets their own room. Uh, but the but those guys get suites, and luckily I um, I somehow got a suite in this trip. 
you know, which yeah, I deserve I, more I, than anybody I, anyway. I don't, and it doesn't matter at all to me when I'm on the road. It's, uh, I need to, I, there are other things that matter more to me in the hotel, the proximity to the rink, the gym, those matter more. I love it if there's a sauna and the all I need in my room is a bed and a desk because right. I spend no time there. I don't entertain. I, I'm traveling by myself. So the rest of it doesn't matter all yep. that much to me. But I, I do not. I could be more aggressive trying to accrue points if I wanted to. And I just don't. Right. Um, there's a lot of great questions, but we do have to wrap up and get to the morning skate. Um Hideki does ask about uh, about the Wild being in the top three in Scott Wheeler's prospect rank. They might be in the tippy top. We'll see. It comes out Wednesday, um, and you know I think that I says saw a lot. And they're too challenged us to a rock paper scissors game, if oh, really? I remember right. Yeah, so they I'd be happy to battle them in rock paper scissors. I don't know what the stakes would be, but uh, we'll we can check it out. I'll do a little research into. I'd have to study your personality to make sure I had an idea of what you're going to start with. I think um, a lot of these questions I'll try to answer on the Straight from the Source podcast that I hope to do this week as well. Um, we got some mailbags that are could come up that I'll use some of the stuff. So I'll answer a lot. We'll bring this uh, some of these questions maybe to the next podcast as well because actually I was uh, pleasantly surprised. No, I'm just kidding. I was very happy with the status of uh, the, the quality of questions this week. Uh, everything wasn't just like, can you trade this guy and this guy and acquire this guy? Um, so thanks to everybody as well. Hopefully everybody will come out to our February 16th podcast at uh, Split Rocks at 7 p.m. Thanks to our newest sponsor, Twill and the Galleria by Scott Dayton. Aquarius Home Services, your local authorized dealer for Connecticut Water Treatments, Chris Lindahl Real Estate, Royal Credit Union, Moe's Tavern, and Bosch Law Firm. See you February 16th, everybody. So much coming out, there's nothing going in. I know that you feel like you're never going to win. Oh, but the world won't forgive a winner. And uh, by the way, I'm a reporter and I know everything about you. So if you're listening to this podcast, which I don't think you're capable of even finding a podcast, uh, feel free to harass them again and we'll take care of it. Uh, you know, uh, uh, but I, I did a little research on, on that guy as well.